This episode of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is sponsored by Katrina Burke Coaching, helping caring professionals create a life of balance and flow. Katrina has a range of programs available for teachers and school leaders. So for more information, go to katrinaburkecoaching.com.au. This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. In this episode, I talk to Melissa Smith about nourishing your body and your mind to prevent burnout. Melissa is uh, the Energy Mastery Mentor and creator of the Energy Mastery Method, and she specializes in nutritional therapy for energy fatigue and burnout. She has an experience of burnout herself, and she talks a bit about that on this episode. She also talks about some of the the symptoms of physical burnout um, and the way hormones, particularly thyroid, adrenal, and reproductive hormones impact that. We talk about chronic stress, um, self-worth, shame and guilt about feeling like you're not coping uh, and why it's really important to address that. And Melissa shares her top tips for nourishing your body and your mind. Melissa, uh, in her work, she helps mainly women clear out the clutter in their pantries, minds and bodies and nourish themselves from cell to soul so they can perform at their best each and every day while having the energy to enjoy their life outside of making their mark on the world. If you go to her website at uh, www.melissasmith.pro, she has some great goodies there that you can check out. And otherwise, please enjoy this episode with Melissa Smith. Hi, Ellen. How are you today? Yeah, I'm fantastic. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, So let's launch in. Can you tell us about yourself and um, about your background? Sure. So, uh, well, where do I start? So I, um, before I was doing this, so before I specialised in energy and fatigue and burnout, I actually used to be a brand consultant and design consultant and had my own experience with burnout uh, during that time when I was actually in my mid-20s, so I was quite young at the stage, um, and had burnout, landed in bed for two weeks, kind of felt really bad about and guilty about the fact that I couldn't handle the load and it was a ridiculous load of work that I was handling Yeah, um, and kind of went on my merry way and tried to bounce back and I guess you know when you're kind of early 20s you tend to kind of get over things a lot quicker yeah. <laughs> um and resilience then, there yes yeah definitely and uh as I was getting towards my 30s I started to get the same telltale signs of burning out mm. and at that stage I was like mm, yeah really don't want to go through that again because uh, clearly I hadn't learnt my lesson mm-hmm. <laughs> from the last time of burning out. I was just still working like crazy and uh, decided to do something about it and started to research around nutrition in particular yep. because I was, you know, in that kind of typical 
cycle of having coffee and sugar to really boost my energy levels. And that strategy had kind of worked for a while. And then I started to really flatline in terms of my energy. Mm. Um, my mood started to really, uh, my mood, I had crazy moods, like hormonally based moods. Mm. So, um, you know, as I'm sure a, a lot of women who are, you know, experienced this and listening have probably experienced um, would often get into uh, you know, really low moods, feel really anxious and irritated, um, didn't really sleep particularly well, and uh, really wanted to know how to nourish my body and what foods that I needed to eat to really boost my energy. And what I, I really discovered really blew me away in terms of how powerful nutrition is in terms of really bring, bringing the body back into balance and, uh, you know, and really nourishing you. I mean, at the end of the day, it is the raw material that you need to, for your body to function, but I just had no awareness of it. I yeah. didn't even know at that stage that such a job as a nutritional therapist, which is what I ended up training in, actually existed. <laughs> you know, I thought that I, I, you know, all my health information just came from the doctor and if they didn't know, then no one knew. Yeah, and, um, and I so think especially I, with nutrition, there's a lot of advertising that has programmed us, yes. you know, and, and the greenwashing, you know, it's like greenwashing of things as well. It's like health washing where it says that the product's all natural, but it's still in a package and it's going to be on that shelf for six years. <laughs> like, yes, absolutely. And then you've got the misinformation in the mainstream media and, and that was a real minefield. That's what, you know, where I first started. I was starting to read mainstream media, nutrition information and followed that and it didn't really work for me. Mm. Um, and, you know, tried all of the, you know, energy boosting weight loss bars because, you know, weight was always a bit of a challenge with me as well, which yep. is often the case when you're you have um, or you're heading towards burnout. And uh, you know, tried all of that and it didn't work. And when I started to really study from nutrition experts, really how to nourish the body, I realised that a lot of the information out in the mainstream re- media was completely flawed. It was old information um, that you know really belongs in the 80s, not in the the noughties as it was then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so really blew my mind and I decided to leave my job and study as a nutritional therapist and a naturopath. So I, I left, uh, left my long-standing career, which was a really hard thing to do, but mm. I really felt I needed that life change, that sea change to really nourish my body because I just didn't, didn't really enjoy how I felt. My, my life was kind of, um, you know, really just about work. I didn't have any other, any energy to really have much of a social life outside of that. Yeah. And, you know, at, at such a young age, I was like, well, this is not really life. This is not how. Absolutely. Well, not, not, it, it, you know, I think if it, I always say, if it's working for you, great. But if it's not working for you, maybe look at doing something yeah. else, you know, and yeah. um, do, if you keep doing what you've always done. You'll keep getting what you've always got. So, yeah, you, sometimes you've yeah. got to make that change. And so you've mentioned a couple of symptoms there. You've, you've talked about definitely the fatigue, um, you know, a bit of a struggle with weight and the moodiness. Yes. Are there any other symptoms in particular that you would want people to be on the lookout for in terms of burnout or signs of burnout? Oh, sure. I mean, there's so many symptoms, but the general ones are if you're waking up feeling really tired, like you haven't had a refreshed sleep, and if you are also finding that you feel most awake at night. Like I used to call myself a night owl and say, this is just how I am. Well, actually, if you are feeling sleepy in the morning and really awake in the evenings, that tends to suggest that your circadian rhythm that really monitors when when you should be feeling alert and, and sleepy has, has really flipped and that's a real sign that, that yeah, that your circadian rhythm is out of balance. So 
feeling tired in the morning, feeling awake at night, feeling like you have, you know, you need coffee or sugar at 3 p.m. or even 11 a.m. Mm. is also indicative of, of some adrenal um, insufficiency uh, because all of the hormones, the thyroid hormones, the adrenal hormones, and things like insulin are so intricately connected, as well as um, the female hormonal, uh, you know, like estrogen and yeah, testosterone. Cycle. They're all intricately linked. So that's where, you know, you get your low mood around periods can often be because you don't have enough estrogen. Um, and, you know, you, you get you can also get like all day fatigue as well, brain fog as well. Um, you know, it can even extend to things like food intolerances. So perhaps you get a little bit of bloating around eating certain foods. Um, you know, thyroid, as I mentioned, with weight gain, you know, you might find that you're struggling to lose weight. Yep. So even if you're dieting, uh, you know, it may be that you're just not able to lose the weight. So, you know, the effects of burnout have such a far-reaching effect on the body. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and so yeah. you work primarily with women to to help them nourish their bodies and their minds. Um, yes. Why is it so important that we nourish the body as well as the mind? You know, what? why are we all feeling so exhausted? So I, as a naturopath, I uh, one of our philosophies is that we – we look at a person not just in a physical sense, but also as a human being. And we're physical—we're not just physical beings; we're mental beings, emotional beings, spiritual beings. And what tends to happen is, uh, you know, those physical symptoms of things like fatigue are simply a physical manifestation of, uh, you know, either a poor lifestyle or even things like uh, you know, negative thinking. For example, negative thinking is a really big uh, factor at play as well as stress. The reason why we're so exhausted really is because of this unrelenting chronic stress that we place ourselves under. So it's the constant hustling to build your career or build your business if you're an entrepreneur. It's lacking that self-care. It's constantly having you know an endless, never-ending list of things that you need to be doing and really not allowing yourself the space to really, truly care for yourself. Mm. Those tend to be... The main, uh, the main ones, and it's very interesting. There's a, uh, a lot of research around what's called the nocebo effect. So obviously, you know what the placebo effect mm. is, in that if you take a pill or you, know, you have a belief about something, that you can actually change your physiology. Well, conversely, the nocebo effect is the effect of mental stress. So a negative uh, mindset and always uh, focusing in on things that are potentially negative or stressful can actually stimulate the amygdala, which is the, the fear centre of the brain, uh, and, and basically stimulate that fear response. So you're always in that kind of fight or flight uh, uh, you know, state. Yes. So you never really get into that re relaxation and digestive state that's so important for your body to actually repair, particularly the adrenal glands. Well, it is, so, and I certainly know that in in teaching, you know, a lot of those things that you just listed, things like the never-ending to-do list, um, they're, they're just par for the course um, in, in just in the way the school system is set up, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I know that you and I have spoken before about the sort of the next level of that negative thinking is that the shame about exhaustion, the shame and the guilt that people feel and the fact that they often tend to hide it. You know, they're hot. That's yeah. it. They're taking coffee and, you know, drinking lots of coffee and um, relying on sugary treats and things to sort of pep them up because they don't want to, let other people know that they're feeling so terrible so they sort of suffer in silence um yes 
And that's part of the problem, isn't it? Because that negative um, self-talk around the shame of being so tired um, and feeling like you're not coping actually contributes to the the cycle of the, the stress hormones pumping around the body. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, just from my own experience, I, you know, when I had burnt out, I was so embarrassed, I was so ashamed that I couldn't handle the pressure. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's something that I see day in and out when I speak to women. Often they won't really convey that they're feeling that sense of guilt or shame, but you can just see it all over their face, you know. Uh, and, yes, it absolutely feeds into that. You know, there's this expectation that we're all robots. Yes. <laughs> you know, that we just have to keep going and going and going and that, you know, if you delve a little bit deeper into this, there's this real belief of what I do and how much I get done is actually uh, attached to my worth as a person, as a human being. And so when we actually can't achieve those things, when we actually go, oh, my gosh, I'm burning out, I need to take a back seat, our sense of self-worth goes down. Yeah. And so one of the things I often teach or show clients is how to really build your own self-worth and not, not actually base it on things that you do. It's based on who you are. Yeah, yeah. So, well, let's talk about the solutions because um, it, it's it's a very very broad subject obviously we can't cover the you know all the solutions today but (laughs) things like building up your self-worth so that it's about you know being a human being rather than a human doing um yes you know and then how do we overcome the challenges that you know to our health and well-being that the modern world throws our way like what, what would be some of your top tips the top tips i always give are having really clear boundaries in your life so compartmentalizing your life as is one one strategy so having work be work and when you finish your day you shut off you don't bring your you know allow your work to seep into the rest of your life Mm. Um, and also in terms of boundaries having boundaries with yourself in terms of how you show up in the world how you care for yourself even with relationships with people so uh, for example having non-negotiable healthy habits that you do every morning and making sure that you really commit to those and not allowing those boundaries and those standards to slip. Mm. It's so easy to do, right? We kind of get up and we go, oh, I could actually meditate for 10 minutes, but really I'm going to check my emails instead because yeah. I just want to get going for the day and, you know, I'll get more done that way. Yeah, because it's counterintuitive. We think that if we, if we work longer and harder, you know, if we've got a really long to-do list, then taking 10 minutes here or... 30 minutes there to do something for our own self-care and our health and well-being is taking away from the work. But if it, ma- it makes us more efficient and more productive, so it actually oh, yes. prioritising it and making it a non-negotiable actually is good for our working life as well, even though it, it, it can be a hard boundary, especially to establish at the beginning if you've never had those boundaries before. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think, you know, what I always recommend to clients is taking small steps. Don't try and change everything overnight because I love it's that. just not achievable, yeah. especially when you're burnt out. You're already feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and yeah. everything feels hard. So even, you know, just choose one keystone habit. So one a keystone habit is essentially one thing that's really going to trigger other positive habits to come from that and will make a really big shift in your life and your energy levels. So you know, med- it could be meditation, 10 minutes of meditation when you wake up. It could be having a really healthy protein-rich breakfast because protein is actually 
really good, uh, having a rich protein breakfast is really good in the morning because it actually helps to stimulate cortisol so that you're getting that nice energy peak in the morning and feeling more alert and awake. And it helps balance out that energy. circadian rhythm, doesn't it? It helps yes. reset it to be alert in the morning instead of alert at night. Yes, yes. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the mainstream media, they'll say, I'll oh, have cereal for breakfast and, hmm. uh, you know, all of these things. And, and, you know, the worst thing you can do is have a carb-rich breakfast because that will spike your insulin and then it will uh, make your cortisol plummet as a result of that. So you'll end up feeling tired and wanting to eat something at 11 a.m. Yep. So having, you know, a protein-rich breakfast, whether that's eggs or a protein smoothie or even some fish or you know, some chicken that you cooked the night before with a little bit of veg is a fantastic way to start your day. Uh, so, so yes, yeah, so we've spoken about boundaries, morning habits, and in terms of mindset, um, absolutely building up your sense of worth. But I think more importantly, it's changing how you see your interactions in your everyday life. So one of my, one of the questions I always ask clients to ask themselves when they're in a state of stress is if they are in any kind of uh, victim mindset. Yep. Often we kind of feel sorry for ourselves and feel like all of the circumstances are happening to us. And I ask them to switch that around and say, how can you look at this situation as happening for you? And it's such a profound difference in terms of how you see the situation. You know, if you're saying, oh, some, someone's doing this to me or I've, you know, I, I'm feeling really sorry for myself because I've got all of this load of work on, um, you can flip that around to actually say, well, how is this good for me? You know, what can I learn from this situation? Yeah. That's, I mean, we, we don't have time to delve into that super deeply, but I might actually go and do a whole episode on that, you know, in, in, an, in the next season because that is such a profound shift and certainly my experience is um that that victim mentality is actually really rife in the teaching profession and it's and it's not to say that there are not problems you know my my um book that I've been writing is is all about some of the you know the issues in the education system that that we can't change that are happening to us however however we have a choice in how we interact with that system and, and how we talk about it in our own mind and in our staff rooms and the choices that we make from there because you're absolutely right to say that that saying something is happening to me takes all the power out of out of the experience for me and leaves me feeling yes. helpless and, yeah, sorry for myself, whereas if I can just choose to say, okay, it is what it is, what am I going to do about it? Or how am I going to look at it as a, a lesson or a gift? It, yes. it changes it changes our experience of the situation, even if it doesn't change the situation. Absolutely, and it opens you up to actually looking at solutions as well. Yeah, solutions focused. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's so powerful. So those would be the top tips, but also this releasing of guilt and shame around burnout is. You know, just forgiving yourself and actually looking and saying, like we were just saying then, rather than going, oh, poor me, I'm burnt out. What's the lesson here? Yeah. And the lesson is always, you know, caring for yourself first and foremost and setting those boundaries. And I think the more we start to talk about it as well, you know, as you said, the, the job that you were doing, the, the workload was, the, the expectations of the workload were actually like impossible. It was, it was too much and, and I think that is really common in the modern world and I know for a fact it's happening in teaching the expectations are actually 
more than is reasonable. And so if you're struggling with them, it's not because you're the problem. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's not because you're weak and you can't cope and it's all all in your head. There are some mm. external factors that are that are a problem. But then what can you do about it from where you are? Don't feel guilty and ashamed for looking after yourself because that's actually the most empowering thing that you can do. Yes, yes, so, so true. And, you know, more and more we're just getting more work, aren't we? I know, you know, again, with my my own career path, especially if you're a high performer, you can handle a lot of work. Yeah. There's always that desire by your bosses to actually give you more. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) If you want something done, give it to a busy person. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, and especially with women as well, which, you know, obviously there's a lot of women, a lot more women in the teaching profession. Yes. We tend to, you know, again, it's attached to that self-worth of, oh, I need to be a yes person. I need to be a yes girl so that I'm more worthy. Yes, exactly. It is, and it's, it's, um, I mean, there's a whole lot of social conditioning behind that. Um, but even I find just being aware of that, just the awareness. Um, and because sometimes guilt and shame, sometimes there's some really big stuff going on behind that, you know, um, trauma that we might have experienced. You know, sometimes those things are, are actually a lot more deep than, than just the social conditioning that a lot of us have grown up with. Um, and the messages yeah. that society sends about, you know, your worth is based on how much you achieve. Um, and so I would also say if, if you're really feeling that you are struggling a lot with the shame um, and the guilt, um, then I would recommend at the very least talking to a trusted friend about it, um, but but probably going and talking to a therapist so that you can work through and maybe heal some of those wounds if there, if there are some there for you. Um, because you don't have to sit there and suffer in that forever. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I do do a little bit of work with women around this, and one of the things that I get them to ask when these feelings of guilt and shame come up is, when did I first experience this feeling? And often it is an experience of trauma, or, you know, it could have even been something that isn't really traumatic as such, but as a to a child, when you were a child, it was a very defining moment that you yes. experienced that made you feel a sense of guilt or shame. Yeah, and, and looking at it and exploring it in a safe place um, can help work through it so that, you know, so that the next phase of life you can release it and, and heal it, um, which is really important as well and I think um, can help with the boundary setting and the self-care um, once you've once you've let that go and, and worked through some of those things that are really important to our mental health as well as our yes, physical health. Yes, so so important. Mm. Melissa, can you tell us what what well being means to you? Because I think we all have a different definition of it. Um, yes. and, and not it's not one size fits all. So for you in your life, what does well being mean to you? What does it look like? For me, it means having a limitless flow of energy and vibrancy that allows me to do anything that I want and perform at my best every single day. And it's not just, you know, I know a lot of people talk about, um, you know, being healthy. Um, and I think that that term has been misunderstood and misinterpreted in many ways by a lot of people uh, because for me, being healthy and having optimal well-being isn't just having an absence of disease. It's this dynamic, vibrant feeling 
you know, I often, I'm, you know, I'm almost 40 and, uh, you know, I have the energy of a 20-year-old, a 25-year-old. Mm. Having that energy and that resilience is, is really, for me, what well-being means. You can show up in your life and actually enjoy it. You know, you shouldn't have to live feeling bloody exhausted. That's not, that's, I know it's so common, mm. status quo, but it just isn't. Yeah, and I completely agree because I think especially in professions where, you know, and teaching is one of them, there are several, the law, you know, legal profession, medical professions, burnout is rife because just because of the nature of the work but also because sometimes the culture of the profession um, deprioritizes health and well-being and, um, which leads to more burnout because people aren't looking after themselves as well. Um, I think it's really easy. You said it's common. It, it's seen as normal, but it's not normal to feel exhausted all the time. Yes. Um, it's it, it's normal to feel tired when you've had a big day or you've run a marathon. It's not normal to wake up every single morning just completely exhausted. Exactly. Um, that, and it's interesting that's when you, you want to do some more investigation. Yes. It's interesting you talk about doing a marathon because one of the things that I always say to clients is, that, you know, if you look at any world-class athlete, how do they live their lives? Okay, sure, they will have a period of intense training before performing, and then after that performance, they take bloody good care of themselves. Yes. You know, they will switch off, they'll go on holiday, they'll, you know, they'll have sleepcations where they sleep for, you know, a whole weekend if they needed to. They have this cycle of, you know, if they're going to take too much from themselves, they will make sure they give it back. Yes. You know, so in whatever cycle you can do is is great. Yeah, and even in the periods where they are, you know, in that peak performance, they'll be having their regular physio and yes. all the things that they're negotiable. Yeah. yeah, to make sure that their body, you know, stays injury-free or whatever the sport is that they're doing or, um, you know, to look after their body to, so that it can keep performing. Um, and I think that we... Certainly in teaching, we're actually really lucky with our school holiday cycle because while it can become a boom and bust where people just completely flog themselves all term and then collapse in a heap all school holidays, struggle out of bed enough to start again the next term, it can actually be a beautiful cycle to, to do exactly that, to, to ask a bit more from ourselves during the term and then to really give more to ourselves during the school holidays. We have that as the... Um, just as the wheel of the year. So we can be using that to our advantage. Absolutely. And it is about that forward planning, right? Like, you know, really going, okay, so for the next term, you know, I'll be doing those non-negotiables in the morning, but I know that I, you know, I may may be kind of, you know, working extra hard and just knowing that you've got that period of school holidays where you can really de-stress. Yeah. Really planning that out and being, kind of strategic about it I guess yeah yeah strategic absolutely yeah for sure well this has been wonderful Melissa thank you so much I think we might have to get you back on so we can dive a little bit more deeper into some of these Um, other topics in the new year great so where can people find you if they want to connect with you online or in person if they happen to be uh, nearby where you live Okay, uh, I'm based in Melbourne, but I do work mostly online. So people can find me at my website, which is Melissa Smith, all one word, dot pro, P-R-O. 
And if they go on there, they can get a free guide, The Five Steps to Increasing Your Energy Now. And it's, it kind of delves into a little bit of what we spoke about today. Beautiful. I'll so put those notes. Um, I'll put that information in the show notes so that people and you know people can find the link there as well so they don't have to remember the URL <laughs> just yeah, yes, especially yeah, if they're absolutely. driving right now. Um, yes. I'll pop it in the show notes and you can all come and find it on, on the Facebook post about this episode. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. This has been wonderful and uh, we will talk to you soon. Great. Thanks, Alan. Lovely to be here. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there.